Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Mark Pikert. And I'm Casey Howe. And you're listening to Shocking, Lurid, Tawdry, A History of American Scandal. It just feels right. <laughs> it does feel right. I think that's I think that's our best one yet. It's yeah, our best one we, yet. We were mm-hmm. very organized. We introduced yes. ourselves. Yes. I think we're getting more professional as we go. I, I have always said that about us. <laughs> if uh, we don't seem professional at the start, just give us some time. It's fine. Uh, and also, you know, I have a bunch of other podcasts that you should check out uh, if you want. I don't know. Search me. Uh, you should. And I'm editor-in-chief of The Gay Goods, which is a not-safe-for-work gay editorial site that is smart and sexy, which you should also check out. You should. You should. You uh, absolutely should. And today's scandal is a part of that world. Ooh. So I, I literally left one smashed olive from my <laughs> And I was like, I won't eat that. That'll be for later. And I'm about to eat it on air. No, I'm putting it down. I'm not going to do <laughs> God. I just. You do. This is a safe space, Mark. You do what no, you need I'm to do. I'm not eating an olive on, micro- <laughs> on a hot mic. I'm not Robert Durst. <laughs> I did kill them all, though. Ugh, I mean, obviously he did. I mean, so, just anyway. Today, <laughs> I would like to talk to you about tennis phenomenon Big Bill Tilden. Ooh. Do you know who Big Bill Tilden is? I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. Well, first, let me tell you why people should know who Bill Tilden is, not the reason people possibly today know who Bill Tilden is. So Bill Tilden is routinely cited as the greatest tennis player ever to play the game. He was one of the big four of sports in the 20s. So he was to tennis what Babe Ruth was to baseball, Jack Dempsey was to boxing, and Bobby Jones, of course, was to golf. (laughs) Duh. Uh, But he's so much more weirder and complicated than those three, even Babe Ruth, uh, who I always picture as John Goodman or a candy bar. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I cannot picture Babe Ruth. No, I have no idea what he looks like, but he for sure is John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, kind of, he does. Yeah. Anyway, Bill got a very late start to tennis, and he basically willed himself to be the greatest tennis player of all time. And I don't mean just until then. I mean, still today cited as the greatest tennis player of all time. He won seven U.S. championships. Wow. He set a record at a Grand Slam tournament in 1929 that stood until Roger Federer broke it in 2017. What? 
He was the first male American to win Wimbledon. And his Wimbledon match record still ranks third of all time. What? He basically locked himself in an indoor court on Rhode Island early in his tennis career for until he emerged with a backhand that took him to the next level at 27. That seems he old. Didn't become, <laughs> he did not become a phenomenon in tennis until he was 27 years old, which is old. Yeah, for any sport. Is, is, I mean, all of this is so wild. He also, when he started playing tennis and he clung to his amateur status, he clung to his amateur status for all of the 20s into the 30s because he thought it was tacky to be a professional athlete. He also comes from a, a wealthy socialite family. So he didn't need the money. And he's, he's one of those, oh, he did need the money though. Oh. <laughs> uh, he's just one of those who's like, oh, good job, old sport. Oh, we're all gentlemen here. I mean, he's American, so I don't know why he has a British accent, except it just <laughs> right. So what... What makes him so great? I hear you asking. And I, I don't am. I am. I don't understand tennis or physiology, frankly. But I will repeat what I've read and assume it makes sense to those who have a better grasp of this than I. Let me pull up my notes. <laughs> <clears throat> Along the way, he invented the drop shot, was the first player precisely to formulate court strategy in a book, said to the, be the best on its subject ever written, called Match Play and Spin of the Ball, and early advocated open tennis, in which professionals and amateurs could meet in the same tournament, and which is in place today. Tilden commanded a thunderous cannonball serve, which he used infrequently, but he much preferred to win from behind the baseline with devastatingly accurate ground strokes, which arrived with a bewildering assortment of chops, slices, spins, and blistering drives that could twist the racket out of his opponent's hands. He had a double-jointed wrist that gave him more than normal racket control, and he once won 57 straight games, not sets, in tournament play. Wow. Yes, I don't know what chops, slices, spins, or blistering drives are, but they sound like a salad that I want to eat. Ooh, so true. Is that on the chopped menu? Because it should be. It should be. Add it. <laughs> uh but when he started, so one, he's just a phenomenal player. He's, I think, 6'2", uh, which I believe is the same height as Roger Federer. So not, you know, an enormous giant of a man, but tall for the era. And when he showed up, it was a very stuffy socialite lawn game. And he kind of made it cool and exciting for spectators right. for, for, to watch. So he is a big deal. He's raking in money all through the all through his amateur status years, writing syndicated newspaper columns, writing books about play. Uh, and then he goes pro and he starts touring. And he's pro like in his mid-30s. So already he's older. He is not he cannot will himself to win a match. Sure. Which also one of the things I read is he would often play in the exact same manner as his opponent just to uh, psychologically break them by doing their game better. No, Ooh, I love yeah. it. Yes, isn't that the most sociopathic thing you've ever heard? Yes. <laughs> but 
he also was scrupulously fair. If he thought a call made in his favor was unjust, he would throw the next serve. Oh, wow. Not even just say, oh, no, 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 that was... No, he would just, he would try to even the playing field as, as much as he wow. could if he disagreed with something. Yes. So there's this very, very well-honed sportsman-like quality in Bill Tilden. Right, right. So he goes, he goes pro and he starts touring with uh, basically spectator games. So he gets a couple of other tennis champions. They tour the country, make beaucoup de cash, and kind of invent... Uh, exhibition matches in that way. Uh, so perhaps you're asking yourself, why have I never heard of Bill Tilden? What, what, what could possibly go wrong? Or maybe uh, you're unsurprised that you don't know who he is because unlike me, you have not spent a lot of time researching sports in the 20s for your own amusement. <laughs> maybe. maybe, maybe the latter. I can tell you a lot about Jack Dempsey and Bobby Jones too. Those are different podcasts. Anyway, uh, the, the reason you have never heard of Bill Tilden is sex. Ooh. But not just sex. Bill Tilden was a big old flaming homosexual. <laughs> or, as Ty Cobb allegedly said upon meeting him, who's this fruit? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But he was not just a big old flaming homosexual. He was a big old flaming homosexual who had a proclivity for teen boys. Oh, boy. Do you see where this story is going, Casey? Bill, I do. Come on. <laughs> Bill, Bill, just so, over. Did, what did we learn? 18 plus. 18, 18 plus. plus. Boys are us, 18 plus. Key. It was a it's different key. Time. It's a detail. He didn't have that handy rhyme. So, so apparently he, and look, I'm not going to get into the psychology or like the armchair psychology of his biographers and sports writers. Uh, I will say that he lost his father and his older brother early on. And a lot of people see his relationship with younger coaching clients and younger men in general as him trying to fulfill the father role in their lives that he himself was denied. Okay. Uh, but it was well known in his circles that he enjoyed younger blonde ball boys, many of whom traveled okay. with him. Uh, I have read repeated statements that he never tried anything with anyone that he, any clients, anyone that he worked with in a professional capacity. Okay. Uh, but he he's making his living basically from these exhibition matches, but he's in his 40s now. And he's making it from right. private private clients. And who is taking tennis lessons? Juveniles. Right. So he is arrested in Beverly Hills just a few days before Thanksgiving. On November 23rd, 1946, his car is pulled over for erratic driving. So I'm going to try very hard to only tell the facts. Okay. Because, like, the base, the basic facts. Because the facts change with every iteration of the story that I have read. Got it. Interesting. The, the only true statement is he was, he, and his car was pulled over on November 23rd for erratic driving. In the car were Bill Tilden and a 14-year-old boy with his fly unbuttoned. Okay. So, various... Uh, 
he was caught with his hand in the boy's fly. Uh, the he and the boy switched places. He was caught with his arm around the boy. Uh, the car pulled over, and a fourteen-year-old boy emerged from the driver's seat. I have no sure. idea which of those is true, but he was found in a semi-compromising position with a fourteen-year-old. Got it. Since it's nineteen forty-six. His charge was contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Oh, boy. So, you know who uh, contributes to the delinquency of minors a lot? Hollywood stars. <laughs> and Bill Tilden is friends with a lot of them, including Charlie Chaplin. Mm. So he immediately calls the attorney who made a name for himself defending heterosexuals with a taste for jailbait, Jerry Geisler. Jerry had already successfully defended both Charlie Chaplin and Errol Flynn from similar charges. He would later go on to defend Lana Turner's daughter for stabbing to death Johnny Stampinato. Ooh, that's a fun one. I would love a biography of Jerry Geisler. Anyway, uh, so Bill Tilden calls and he's like, oh, hello, old boy. Uh, I'm in a spot of trouble. <laughs> Jerry says, oh, uh, homosexual. No, get out of here. Yeah, Jerry Geisler won't take the case. No. Yeah. So he will. He will. No. No homosexuality for Jerry. Only yeah. heterosexual pedophilia. Yes. Got it. That's his limit. Understand. So yeah, ah. the guy who got Errol Flynn off in court uh, during his rape trial. Yeah. Uh, statutory rape trial. Yeah. No, not interested. <gasps> Bill gets Richard Maddox. So. Things are, this story is so strange because strikingly, this is not front page news of any newspaper that I could find. Huh, okay. He was already a little bit washed up. It was very sports centric. Uh, I don't think, I don't think anyone was paying enough attention. It's also what, 46. So no one really cares about this 1920s, 30s tennis star. They're just happy to not be in the war anymore. Right, fair. And I think that probably a lot of people were leery about picking up the story because it's about a homosexual child molester. Right. They'd so, rather just not talk about it. Exactly. Thank goodness. So I from mean, what I have gleaned, and who knows how much of this is embellished over the years by people who have an axe to grind, a pro or con, Bill Tilden, but the 14-year-old was rather precocious sexually. Uh, I, I have read that he was asked to leave at school for his sexual exploits. Uh, and this is true. Uh, Richard Maddox's defense was say that plead not guilty. Then it becomes your word against the boy's word. Uh, oh. The boy's rich parents will not want him to testify. And you will, you will be fine. Right. And his parents have already said they don't want you to go to prison. But Bill Tilden was a homosexual with a proclivity for more than just young boys. He also loved drama. (laughs) He liked to put on a show. Which is why he rather grandly refused to plead guilty. Or to plead not guilty, sorry. Because it wouldn't be sportsmanlike. He wants to go to trial and see what happens. Yeah. <gasps> he's not going to impugn this. He's not going to say that this boy is a liar. He would rather go to trial. 
and let the people decide. Also, he's like, but I'm I'm a celebrity. Oh no. I'm famous and you know, this has happened before, and it's always like bad bell. And I'm friends with all these celebrities. Like, I'm gonna be fine. Bill Tilden was not fine. <laughs> no. Because if you are banking getting out of your contributing to the delinquency of a minor charge because you are friends with Charlie Chaplin, <laughs> that is not going to cut ice. And Charlie Chaplin's own advice to Bill Tilden was, you better jump bail and leave the country. Ah, Charlie. So he always he had rock solid advice there. Uh, well, it worked for him. <laughs> uh, Bill Tilden did not jump bail. He did not leave the country and he did not plead not guilty. Instead, he was sentenced to a year in prison. Oh my gosh. Because he had the audacity to say that this had never happened to him before. And the judge said, you mean... This is the first time you've been caught. And Bill Tilden was like, oh no, I've never done anything like this before. And the judge was like, well, that's just clearly a lie. So <laughs> fuck you. You're going to prison for a year. Oh he, my gosh. He was genuinely so stunned that his attorney Maddox had to lift him out of his seat. <laughs> so he's sentenced to a year in prison. He served, he ends up serving seven and a half months, and he is ordered to stay away from minors. Okay, check. Mission accomplished. So that really puts a crimp in one's coaching career. Oh yeah, good point. Because not only can he not take underage clients, but he's now publicly been outed as a homosexual and it's 1946, it's not going great. Or by the time he's out, it's 1947. And Bill Tilden was not what you'd call a saver. Got it. Okay. Uh, okay. He preferred to spend his money, preferably on mounting Broadway shows he wrote and starred in himself. Interesting choice. Oh, he does like a show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't really prepared for a career setback of this magnitude. <laughs> so he gets, he's released from jail in 1947. Uh, he is arrested again in 1949. Oh boy. After picking up a 16 year old hitchhiker. And he is arrested at his apartment where he's alone with his underage friend, Arthur. So he's also in violation of parole. Oh no. Right. Okay. Got it. So double. Point, double. <laughs> no one cares. This basically flies under the radar. I think it's even the same judge. And he's just like, I mean, another year in prison. Just go. I'm not even going <laughs> to. I'm not even going to pursue the charge brought to you by the hitchhiker. You're in violation of parole. That's enough reason. Bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, or as JF Grover, the jailer said, well, here's big Bill Tilden again. Ah! It's one thing if a bartender knows your name. It's another thing if the guy at the county jail knows your name. It's not great. That's not great. It's not great. It's not great. You're making bad choices. Yes. It's a bad sign. Pretty direct. So that was pretty much it. Uh, he gets out of jail. A few days later, he is, named, he is named by AP as the greatest tennis player of all time. So just no mention. No mention. Okay. Uh, okay. Which is kind of how his legacy has been treated ever since. But I'll get into that in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, so career over. He scrounged up a few games. He taught a few lessons. 
a friend at the Beverly Wilshire got together a championship match and Bill was very involved and sold like sponsorships and box seats to friends and was going to play. And then uh, too many ladies groups wrote the Beverly Wilshire complaining that they were condoning such a man by having him participate. And he got disinvited from <gasps> the championship tour that the championship match that he helped organize. Oh my gosh. Uh, and eventually he died alone in his apartment on top of his bed, fully dressed, except for his shoes, much like Craig Spence, Ooh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with $88.11 to his name. Oh my gosh. This is a figure that pops up a lot in reports about Bill Tilden's life. I don't know why people are so obsessed <laughs> with this number. <laughs> $88. Okay. Except it's more complicated than that because he had $200, $300 in traveler's checks, but he owed $200 as a repayment of a loan. Okay. He owed $50 to somebody, but then he was getting a $6 refund from somebody else. <clears throat> I don't know who cared enough to write all of it. <laughs> exactly, Frank yes. Frank Dufford in Sports Illustrated in the 70s wrote about Bill Tilton. Uh, and that comes from there. Uh, also in that profile of Bill Tilden's life and legacy uh, is this anonymous, anonymously sourced quote that claims that at one point Bill Tilden said, apropos of nothing, those of us who have my way of thinking, well, we look upon ourselves as the chosen few. I think it's my responsibility to convert young boys. We are the exceptional ones that God has smiled upon. So this is a guy who really did not discuss his sexuality, who did not really have a sex life from all accounts. Even when he would engage in his predilections, uh, it was always very minimal. It was fondling. It was was never anything more than that. Uh, It was very paternal. Okay, okay. Uh, so I don't know who said, who claims that he said this. I don't know why Frank Defford felt it important to include, but Frank Defford is the author of one of two biographies of Bill Children. His came out in the seventies and it is obsessed with sex. (laughs) Yes. He's a big old homosexual and all of this. And the other one came out recently in the last 20 years. And it Hmm. not address this at all until the very end. It's like a footnote at the end. Oh, and by the way. Pretty much. Oh my gosh. Like it does not do anything to grapple with what this means for his legacy, which by the way, is not great. And so here's where things get very, very thorny. People are still trying to make a case for Bill Tilden to be honored with a statue, with an award, with a plaque. And he's from Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is like, no, we are not, we're not putting up a, cla- a plaque for Bill Tilden. He was convicted of like, contributing to a, de- the delinquency of a minor. We are not going to celebrate a man who does that. Right. But for some reason, and I don't know if it's because it's the 40s, and so, well, different time. People were getting married at 13, or if it's because it was two men or a man, a man and a teen boy. 
But the fact that there are this many people making a case for Bill Tilden to be honored, Mm -hmm. especially having, especially with like Alan V. Farrow just premiering. Right, right. It's what, what part of this are you, what part of this is not registering? Because it also wasn't just a one-off where he had too much to drink and he didn't know how old the boy was. It was a pattern. It was a pattern of predatory behavior. Right. He was clearly a predator and also had the means to be one. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he had access to all of, you can see how that, yeah. So, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, and it also says a lot that these two biographies are so wildly different on the topic. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, yeah, I guess room there. I don't know. But I think that if you're, if you're convicted of that and also the, it wasn't, not only was it not just one time, but he was also not, he was also convicted twice. He went to jail twice for it. Yes. It's just, it's so strange that it's so strange that people don't want to grapple with what what this means in the way right. that we're so eager to grapple with directors. So Roman Polanski, I mean, my God, sure. how many documentaries have we had? Documentaries and books and articles and everything. And you see this shifting. You can see the conversation shift over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I don't think that a Kate Winslet and Jodie Foster would make carnage with Roman Polanski now. No, right. Good point. But that was just 10 years ago. And everybody knew then. So. And everybody, so everyone has had the same information, but there's been no effort to engage with Bill Tilden in the same way of where do we stand on it now? It's just, he's great at tennis or uh, he's a convicted child molester who played tennis once. Right, right. It's like one or the other. They're not willing to right, look at it and say, no, how do we really think? Do you think it's because it's, sports and we tend to like put sports in their own box or do you think that it's him as a as a unique case i think i think a lot of things are at play one uh he's not going to be a gay hero for obvious reasons right good point the gays don't want to claim him and he's not going to necessarily remain a sports hero for obvious reasons so they're really isn't anyone to claim him or to mm-hmm. say, okay, let's have this conversation about like what he did while at the same time saying like, he's an important part of American sports history who should absolutely be included with giant caveats, of course. Right. But you can't talk about like a Federer without talking about Bill Tilden. Right, right. I think it would, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, how are we going to talk about Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire? Yes. As we move forward, right? How are we going to talk about these, whether it's sports heroes or, you know, how, how do you make the caveat, right? What is the caveat? It's like, yes, but. I, I And we are currently in a time in history where people are not interested in nuance, so I don't think that we are going to talk about Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, think that's just going to be the thing of, oh, well, you know, there's that whole story. <laughs> that's not right. like complicated. 
Yeah, no, that's true. And I think it's, I think, you know, with those, those stories tend to get, you know, are really um, like immediately following, you'll get an ESPN 30 for 30 of what happened, but no commentary on it. I mean, look at, this is not at all the same, of course, but look at how long it took for Tanya Harding to be reevaluated for athletic ability. Yes, very true. Very true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Big Bill Children. Oh, uh, I should say. Interesting. Uh, he was a failure as an actor and playwright. <laughs> One critic reviewing his performance said, uh, Bill Tilden retains his amateur stand. Uh, but he did have A.R. Gurney write a play about him in the early 2000s called Big Bill. Huh. Uh, it was not well received. In keeping okay. with his entire theatrical career. Okay, so he's not, we're not going to see a Broadway revival of that. No, uh, nor of any of the plays that he wrote. Uh, he also wrote a memoir where he claimed his homosexuality. He was actually fairly open about his homosexuality and uh, called it uh, his disease, which, hmm. yeah, you know, <laughs> fine. Uh, oh, and I have to also add during his first trial, he was examined by two therapists who testified that he should not go under trial. Jail was not the place for him. Therapy and treatment were because he was basically an arrested development narcissist who had no real understanding of consequence. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I can see that when you want to go to trial for and are shocked to when you get convicted. When you could plead not guilty and the whole thing goes away. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that Ugh. is Big Bill Tilden and a little oh bit of 1920s sports madness. Thank you. I feel smarter and I got a little more scandal. There we go. Double uh, win. There you go. This one's uh, more on the t- uh, on the sordid side. <laughs> oh. Ugh. I know. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. And it's true. You have to... Um, I didn't know that he was the one who created the the drop. Sh- I mean, there's some great fun facts in there. Yes, I, I know. We don't want to have the complicated conversation around Bill, Big Bill Tilden. So, things like the drop shot get lost to history. Yes. Oh, interesting. And then I also wonder about you know people who are like in tennis. Do they like is you know if you're in that sport. I don't know. Does he I mean, get I, mentioned? I, I, I certainly when Federer was about to break that record, uh, there were a lot of write-ups about, oh, he's about to break this record. And then there's usually like a sentence or two about, and of course he died in disgrace and penniless. Sure. Well, not, what do you mean penniless? He had $88. And, and <sighs> you know what? I should have looked up how much that was in 1950s money. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Probably $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fine to me. I know. That did give you a little, a little more time. Uh, poor Big Bill. No, I know. Oh my goodness! Interesting. Good one. Thank you. Yeah, I, I came up. I decided to do that over the weekend because I, the one that I had wanted to do, did not pan out. Oh, okay, okay. You I'm do not giving up. Tough ones. No, I'm not giving up. It just might take another minute or two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll hold our breath for that one. Oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Casey, thank you for listening to me ramble about gay men and pedophilia and sports. Anytime, anytime, Mark. It's my, it's my honest pleasure. I love it. I'm so pleased. And thank (laughs) all of you for listening as well. And stay tuned for our next episode next week when Casey will tell us about some dirty political intrigue. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. That's all we can do. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.